2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See mobilecom
3: You're listening to the Dana and Parks Podcast on KMBZ. Love! What a great song to come back in with, Sam. To mean only one thing. Thank
4: you both. The one and only Michael Mackey is in studio Shalom. this morning.
3: Shalom. Shalom and happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate. Happy
4: Hanukkah to you, my friend.
3: Yes. Got your phone back? I got my phone back. You're, you're doing well. I missed a text from Dan Weinbaum.
1: <laughs> happy Hanukkah, Dan.
3: <laughs> is that it? Yeah. Well, thank
1: you.
4: <laughs> and I'm not, that's not a dig on you. No. You you only had one text? Yeah. That was it. <laughs> Dan Weinbaum.
1: No, that's a dig on Mackie for sure. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
4: Makes you feel amazingly unimportant. I'm
3: so, <laughs> i so... I thought
4: I was way more popular. Apparently not. 20 minutes, your phone was kept from you and... Didn't those, miss a single thing. Nope. <laughs> Just like that Aerosmith song. Don't want to miss the thing. <laughs> miss nothing. What, what does that tell you there, Mr.
3: Mackey? Not as popular as I think I am. Not as, as important them. as you think you nope, are. Nope, are not you? at all
1: oh you're very important it's just you don't need your phone all the time
3: i'm very popular and important in my mind and that's all that matters to have a delusionary sense of self confidence that's my goal
4: uh it was 31 years ago today that the movie a few good men premiered you can't handle the truth you want the truth 31 years ago bang okay to this day i would argue one of the greatest movies ever made
1: it's a classic yes it is yeah i was actually down there when uh the movie makers came down to do a, a site survey uh, of the base where's down there getmo guantanamo oh, bay you, you, naval base they actually did
4: film some of the movie they did not
1: there? film it there they came down there was they, they were looking to film it there but they came down to just see what the base looked like
4: oh okay i mean i didn't i didn't yeah. know that okay You had occasion recently to interview a very famous comedian.
3: Mama got another exclusive for the pitch. Thank you very much. So uh, I don't know if you guys remember Kathy Griffin. She was a very famous comedian for quite a while, and then she uh, sort of got canceled, and she's been sort of in exile for the last six years because, uh, well, she went from the D-list to the no-fly list practically overnight because uh, she was photographed holding a ketchup-covered mask that resembled a beheaded Donald Trump, and that was way back in 2017. And mm-hmm. that shocking piece of performance art didn't just land her in the doghouse, people. No, no, it instantaneously sank her career, which, and then that in, you know, included being the subject of a, a Department of Justice federal investigation. And then after that, there was this whole downward spiral of opioid addiction. She had a suicide attempt, and then she had a seemingly out-of-the-blue lung cancer diagnosis. Well, ladies and germs, Kathy Griffin is back, baby, and she is on a 40-city U.S. tour, and one of her stops, her first tour, her first uh, stop is in my hometown of Des Moines, but then she comes here to the Uptown Theater on February 4th, and I got the chance to to chat up one Miss Griffin, and let me tell you, we had to uh, we had to find a little snippet, a little segment, Sam, you and I, where she doesn't swear because she swears like a sailor through the whole interview. So if you want to see yeah. the, the interview in, to, in total, uh, it is coming out Wednesday in the pitch. But here's a little snippet about where we talk about Kathy Griffin is now finally off the no-fly list. Wait, are you finally, are you finally, finally off the no-fly list, girl?
0: Yes, I'm off the no-fly list. And I'm taking great advantage of it by doing as many cities as I can. And I'm going to be filled with joy every time I fly anywhere, over anybody at any time.
3: (laughs) Is this tour going to be cathartic? Like, are there any topics that are off-limits?
0: Oh, no topics are off limits, but I'll tell you something interesting, and I swear this isn't on purpose, and it's not going to because I'm afraid of him. I actually don't even mention Trump in this new show.
3: I I don't even... I have no words.
0: I know. Look, if he does something crazy that day, then of course I'll bring it up, because my show does change every night, but it's not like... A come focus show or anything. And look, I made a whole movie about it called Kathy Griffin, a hell of a story. Bought it. Free. Oh, awesome. And, I, you know, like, I told that story and stuff. But this is a lot about, you know, my own, like, crap that I've been going through. But stuff we've all been going through. Like, I think the entire country still has.
3: We had to to dump out of that. Where's she going there? (laughs) (laughs) The F-bombs come fast and furious right after that. So she is very candid. So she talks a lot about uh, how through it all, how she just rediscovered that her humor was both, uh, you know, a lifesaver and her saving grace. And I say that figuratively and literally. And she says... I got to laugh at all of it because why not? So I, she, she's not everybody's cup of tea, but I do love me some Gavin Grimm. And so for the text line, she's not really that funny. She's just mostly vulgar. I think that's why I like her uh, 9306. So, but she is back, baby. And uh, so she's a- doing the uptown. She is doing the uptown on February 4th and tickets went on sale just a couple weeks ago. And my full Uh, A filthy-mouthed interview with the red-haired Raven comedian comes out Wednesday in the pitch.
4: Yeah, Kathy! Don't call it a comeback, Kathy Griffin! You you, you, you know, I've always found it fascinating um, how in in the American culture, we will cancel somebody. And clearly, Kathy Griffin was canceled. So was Michael Richards. Mm -hmm. He was canceled. And Mike, he's pretty much still canceled. and uh, uh, that—that's where I was going to go. Is I've always found it interesting, like how people get canceled, and then how do we determine who we allow to come back, right? And who gets to remain canceled? Like Michael Richards, Kramer from Seinfeld, has never come back. No, absolutely not. But the, the then like Chris his persona non grata. Uh, uh, what's his face from the Today Show? Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer. He got canceled. And never came back. Nope, never. But Chris Matthews from MSNBC, Mm -hmm. who had his own show, there was some sexual harassment allegation. He ends up getting canceled. Well, he's back. He's back, baby. He's back on MSNBC. Kathy Griffin, and and I thought she was totally beyond the pale with that uh, Donald Trump mask. Yeah, back in 2017. I, I, I thought that was horribly in bad taste. And she ends up getting canceled, air quotes. And now Kathy Griffin, we've just determined, is back. She gets to make a comeback. She does, and she's.
3: I think it's because she has pretty consistently over the last couple of years, well, at least since the pandemic, sort of clawed and scratched her way back into the public. I don't know the public persona.
4: Nine
1: one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Uh, well, you remember Morgan Wallen, who's the hottest thing in country music right now, dropped point. the N-word outside of his house. Oh,
3: he was canceled for like 30 seconds.
1: Yeah, but, uh, he, but he, he came back right back. He won Entertainer of the year, yeah. that a year that year for the Country Music Awards and wasn't even invited to the ceremony because of that controversy. And so they just and, and didn't he played get them- his song for Entertainer of the Year instead of having him perform like they typically do. He got the boot from Saturday Night Live, too, but then they that invited was- him back like—
3: I don't know like 2 months later. That
1: was covid related because oh. he was seen uh making out on the back of a bus with uh, uh people who were potentially Riddle, covid riddled. were riddled with covid. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the real driver there was. <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> I I don't know how to to paint this picture. Somebody
4: got real cautious with their words, (laughs) and then he was in the back of the bus. And then he was in the back of the bus. And there was somebody there. there
1: Something was going on. (laughs) They didn't like what they saw, and boom, no SNL. Okay,
4: 913-586-7798, 586-7798, here on Dana and Parks.
1: (laughs) Uh, Oh, little Huey. Scott, you brought up the uh, new Shohei Otani contract earlier in the program today. Yes, 10 years, $700 million. Uh, Jeff Passan, who is a well-known sports reporter on Twitter, posted Shohei Otani's $700 million contract calls for him to be paid only $2 million a year for the next 10 seasons. $680 million of it will be deferred until the end of the deal. What? According to sources confirming to ESPN,
4: he'll will he's going to live in Los Angeles and only make two million dollars a year.
1: According to Jeff Passan, that is what his contract reads. I do not buy it.
4: Okay. Okay. Uh, other sports news: uh, Patrick Mahomes says he regrets his behavior yesterday uh, after the Chiefs game. Speaking today on our sister station, six hundred and ten Sports. Mahomes um, says, and I quote, obviously you don't react that way. I mean, I care, man. I love it. I love this game. I love my teammates. I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win, but obviously can't do that, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in life. Probably regret acting like that. but More than anything, I regret, the, I regret the way I acted toward Josh after the game because he had nothing to do with it. I was still hot and emotional, but you can't do that.
1: All right. Okay. Um, yeah, that wasn't a good look.
3: From uh, from sports ball to something else that you guys care a lot about here in the studio. Did you guys hear? And I know that you're both gigantic fans of RuPaul's Drag Race. Huge, <laughs> can't, can't get enough. Epic, monstrous fans. Well, I am. Race home after work. That's what this is Drag Race home is what I think you mean. <laughs> so one. Wow. Of the new. <laughs> One of the new contestants on the new season of RuPaul's Drag Race season 16 hails from Kansas City. What?
1: Are you and a contestant?
3: I am not a contestant, oh. although Samuel. I would be a really good drag queen, but I'm not I'm not as good as... Her. Wait, why was that an inappropriate question? It's not inappropriate. I've done drag. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I was the church lady and a really good church lady at that. <laughs>
1: Okay, sorry, continue.
3: Anywho, so the contestant that hails from Kansas City, her name is Q, like the letter. She has the shortest name in the history of RuPaul's Drag Race. That is one letter, the letter Q. 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 Yes, and she hails from right here, and RuPaul's Drag uh, Race's new season comes out January 5th on MTV. Congratulations, Q, because I know that you are listening to this show. Not really. She's absolutely not listening. Nor is anyone else now, because I think I'm the only
4: RuPaul's Drag Race fan in this I, building. I guarantee it. Well, I mean. And, and th- th- that's not an indictment on the people who appear on that show. I don't care. I couldn't care less. It's it just.
3: It, it's okay. <laughs> From the text line. Mackie, let the big boys handle the segues. <laughs> Thank you, uh, 3561. I see you. So, anyway. <laughs> I just had to pepper that in because that's big That's big for the Kansas City drag community. So props to Q for uh, being a contestant. Well, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal Okay. in my world.
1: RuPaul, not a drag queen, but the queen of drag. Correct. Still one of my favorite. What was that? Jimmy Fallon clips? Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Yes. No, I haven't. Se- what,
4: what are you talking about? Oh, let me about? see
1: if I can find it.
3: Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Fallon called her a drag queen, and she quickly and deftly. Who, RuPaul? C- yeah, corrected. Jimmy Fallon, is there a problem with being called a drag queen? Well, RuPaul is sort of like the mother. I mean, she is like the zine, the pinnacle. The you know, the mother of what? She's the Pope in the Catholic
4: LGBTQ sort of and, menu, and so drag to race. call RuPaul a drag queen is an insult.
3: Uh, yeah.
1: Well, I think that even RuPaul was saying it in a joking sense, but uh, you could just see that Jimmy Fallon thought that his career was about to be over.
5: This is the first time a drag queen has ever been put on the uh, cover A
3: drag queen! A drag queen! I am the queen of drag!
6: (laughs) This is the
4: first time...
1: Girl. that little nervous laugh there at the end, (laughs) Jimmy Fallon's like, oh God. (laughs) I'm about to be canceled, I'm about to be
4: canceled, I'm about to be canceled.
3: (laughs) So yeah, so I just had to pepper that in, because... There was absolutely no segue between Patrick Mahomes and sports ball and RuPaul's no, drag. No, race. Th-
4: no, there isn't. Not Sorry. a natural one. No. No. Uh, can, can, <laughs> <Not a> natural. <laughs> can we rewind the tape here for a second? Yes. Uh, what is the problem with being called a drag queen? Because in that clip, he says, "You know, blah blah blah." RuPaul, drag queen, and RuPaul goes, "Drag queen, drag queen," Is almost a, a, like it was an insult. Is it an insult to be called a drag queen? Well, it's very
3: pedestrian to call RuPaul a drag queen when RuPaul is sort of the queen of, queen drag. of drag,
4: queen of drag, right. Not a drag queen, but right. the queen of drag. Which is kind of a big deal. I have no idea what we're what we're discussing. Well, it's probably, maybe you should try so to anyway. make an awkward
3: segue into something else. Back to sports ball. Back to no. sports ball. Let's talk about what I know. And that's the <laughs> sports ballage. Offsides or not. <laughs> So, Am I right? <laughs> yes. Tight end and wide receivers. Let's talk sports. <laughs> I got nothing.
5: So
4: Okay. Uh, well, that's what makes this show so interesting is that I, people I, chime I just, in. I, I had no idea that, that being called a drag queen could be perceived as an insult. Well, no, it's only an insult if you're RuPaul. If you're okay, RuPaul. Okay. Hey, what's yeah. this
3: from the text line? Where's your Kermy voice, Scott? What is that? I have no idea. Okay. Do you have a Kermit the Frog voice? I, I don't.
4: I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Not, not, not that I'm aware of. All right. <laughs> From the text line, I like eggs. <laughs> I like eggs. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is cl- clearly same texture. Yeah. I, oh yeah. Yeah. Clearly, I beca- like eggs. Be, clearly becoming the. Uh, we're walking into some uncomfortable territory here. I like eggs. I like eggs. Nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight five eight six seven seven nine eight. Here on Dana and Park. Story here from CBS News, a first edition copy of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, printed in 1997, sold for $69,000 at auction today. A first edition. $69,000. The 58-year-old seller bought the hardcover copy for $12 after she spotted it in a bargain bucket in a shop in the Scottish Highlands 26 years ago. Just 500 copies were printed in the first run of hardbacks, with 300 going to schools and libraries and 200 going out to bookshops. Hmm. Uh, Quoting here from Jim Spencer with Hanson's Books, this was a genuine, honest first issue and a fantastically well-preserved example. It was fresh to market. And it deserved to go full steam. Only 500 copies. So it is kind of these sacred. $69,000. Wow. Okay. Uh Okay. I, I always wondered, like, when I was a kid, why didn't we realize how valuable things were going to be later in life? Like if you had all your Star Wars figurines yes, in the box
3: in the box. Yes. Yes. I have a still sealed. I have a But no, I had to play with them. Didn't we all? I have a pristine Bionic Woman doll still in the box. It okay. is my
1: What? Okay, you say those things now though, but had you had the parents who were like, "All right, Scott, yeah, I know. We got you this new action figure, but you're never allowed to open it. You would have been a really depressed kid. Well, <laughs> and, and and never in a million years,
4: if you had, if if my parents had come to me, Sam or Michael, and said, you know, here here's this R two D two, it's in the box, but in 40 years from now, this is going to be worth a couple thousand dollars. Uh, great.
1: Well, in 95 percent of the time, these pristine, still in the box items were not purchased to be kept that way. It was like, oh, Johnny got you this exact present as well. I guess I'll take it back. And then you forget to take right, it back. Right, you put
4: it down in a, in a drawer yeah. in the basement. And then 40 years later, you wake up and you're like, oh, I actually have something worth $63,000.
3: I have a, and I've always been curious how much it's worth, but I have a rookie George Brett baseball card. Not in the best condition, but still, that's kind of a big deal. Signed or not? Oh, God, no, not signed. Absolutely not. Okay. Probably not worth much. Probably No. no. Oh, oh, well. See, I don't know. Sports ball. I got nothing. But I've held on to it since when I got it when it came out.
4: Well, if you can get him to sign it. Oh, that's true. Otherwise, it's just a George Brett card that.
1: It's a piece of paper that you messed
4: up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that you took out of the case. Oh. Uh. Oh,
1: shoot.
4: Uh, the Applebee's down the street here on Shoney Mission Parkway. It looks like it's going to become a Chick-fil-A.
1: Oh, yeah. Rumor is from Chick-fil-A anyway, which I guess that makes it not a rumor, but a hope, uh, is that it's going to be the first drive-through only Chick-fil-A. Now, we were promised a drive through only Chick-fil-A, as if that's a good thing, uh, at 95th and Metcalf, and they built a lobby on that one. So we'll see if this one holds true to that promise. It would be
4: a drive through only Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Aren't, aren't most Chick-fil-A's drive- I've never been- I don't think I've ever been in a Chick-fil-A.
1: I mean, they're all drive-thru, but they all also have lobbies for people to go in and sit. And I've done it a few times. But it's,
3: isn't that Applebee's kind of a bigger store? Why would it only be drive-thru? Well, they're going to tear, no no, tear it down. Oh, 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 oh. All right. That makes sense. Sorry. I wasn't paying and,
1: attention. It, it might have something to do with the location, just the uh, uh, availability to travelers. I'm not sure.
4: Was Were people not going to that Applebee's? I had not been there in a couple of years, but every time I was there, it was busy.
1: I think that in my entire life, I've only been to an Applebee's once, so I am not good to ask that question because mm. I have no idea.
3: What's the restaurant that has one dollar margaritas? They have a. They had a special. There's a
1: restaurant with one dollar margaritas.
3: Yeah, it was a chain. I think it was Applebee's. Not that I drink, but it was funny
4: because I was going to say what what a what a question to ask in a room full of recovering alcoholics. Okay. <laughs> You know, that $1 margarita place, Scott. I did not ask that. I
3: said, there is a... I wasn't asking for clarification. Well, I was asking for clarification. Anyway, text line, hit me up. Because I know that some of you have probably gone to that $1 margarita place. It's either Chili's or Applebee's, I feel like.
1: Okay, we're going to do a segue here. So did you guys ever play hookies back in uh, grade school and high school? I, I, I skipped school one time in my life. Okay. One time. You were of the military family, so I'm sure that was... A cardinal sin, if you did. Forbidden, verboten. Mackie. Uh. And
4: by the way, I didn't skip school until I was a senior. Really? Nope. Wow.
3: No way. I I I don't think I skipped school. I didn't play hooky, but I certainly
1: played. There was a class or two that I, you well, I played didn't sick a tend?
3: lot. I play. I played, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what do you him? ask?
1: A uh, new story here out of the New York Post. It is a study released by Attendance Works. And these are some staggering numbers, so bear with me here. Okay, fourteen point seven million public school kids, which is roughly thirty percent of all enrollees in the entire country, were quote chronically absent during the past school year.
4: No way! No way!
1: Now to become chronically, chronically absent, absent, that is eighteen, as they describe it, a wall school days or more.
4: Well, hang on. I, I'm looking. You just sent me this story. Yeah. They're saying in thirty percent, thirty-four
1: percent. Okay,
4: thirty-four percent of all school kids in America. So a third, yeah, were chronically absent mm-hmm. in the last school year. No way.
1: Uh, that is according to the data compiled by Attendance Works, uh, which. I don't know what they do, but based on the name of their company, they they, they track attendance at schools. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But yeah, it goes into break it down and jarring 43% of schools had at least 30% of kids who were chronically absent during the 2021-22 school year. Uh, That is up from 14% in the 2017 school year. Now,
4: now see, on this one, we're going to have to turn this one over to the experts. I feel like teachers should be calling in on this one. Especially since most of you are out of school this week. Or educators
3: or principals or whatever. 30%. Do they still have truant officers? Is that
4: still a thing?
1: Uh, yes, truancy is still a thing.
4: But do they still have truant officers? That I don't know. Okay. Uh, so so on any given day. Uh, no way. I, I'm trying to do the math. and It's making my head hurt.
1: Uh, roughly 14.7 million students. Again, according to attendance works. Now it says that uh, it's a little bit confusing on the parameters here. Right. Because it says it, it is defined as missing at least 10% of the academic year. Uh, and I know that differs state to state. Right. So I don't know how they got their 18 AWOL school days number.
4: Florida, for example, had 30% of kids chronically absent last year. California and Texas didn't do much better. Oh, look at that. I I just find that I I find this almost impossible to believe. Telephone number here is 913-586-7798. 586-7798. Is it it COVID
3: related? No, no, no. no, no. What I'm saying from COVID days the text line is saying, could it be like relaxed attendance standards and just people the students have just never gone back? But yeah, nine out of 30 kids,
4: that does seem high. Telephone number is 913 586 7798 That guy over there is Michael Mackey from Michael Mackey. Going in today for Dana Wright, Sam Stevie the Third. My name is Scott Parks. Hey, we fell short this year, uh, full disclosure, on our Codes for Kids goal. So we've extended the campaign through the end of this week. If you can help us, we really really need your help. Uh n- not sure why we fell short, but we did. So if you can help, go to kmbz.com. Click on the Coats for Kids logo and that'll take you to a safe and secured website where you can make your donation. Or just text in the word kmbz coats, one word, kmbz coats to 44321. 44321 and thank you. Sam is rocking out in there. Sam stumbled upon a story just a minute ago, and it was on the uh, New York Post, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. So you know it's true. Where there's a new study that finds a third of American students are chronically absent from school, which means on average, give or take, uh, 18 or more missed school days every single year. And I just find that hard to believe. Those those odds, those numbers are... A
3: third? Yeah, question mark.
1: 34% from the text line. I am a middle school teacher. I know that I have students who miss my class, but aren't absent for the full day. But I also have students who are gone at least two days a week.
4: Lori in Kansas City. Lori, good afternoon. Hi, Lori. Hi, how are you? We're doing well. Thank you for asking. Go ahead.
8: Um, I believe kids are not as resilient as they used to be. And I hate to say this, my, I have 15, 13, and a 6-year-old. And I tell you, last year, my 6-year-old, by this time, I got a letter from school that he has missed too many days from school. I'm like, he's been sick. Like, I'm not lying. I have taken him to the hospital, been to the clinics, and he was more sick than my other kids ever were at that time.
4: Hmm. Hmm. Are they, can they not find anything wrong with him?
8: <laughs> oh, no. Believe me, they tried to do every possible test on him, like flu, COVID. And I'm like, he doesn't have that. And surely, no, he didn't have any of those symptoms. And I mean, he had the symptoms, but not the disease. They did the test. Everything came back clear. He just been, would have a fever, and of course, you know, you're going to send a kid with fever to school, so he had to miss.
4: Okay. All right. All right. Uh Aaron on line three. Hi, Aaron. Hey, so uh, full days of schools are
5: – so how they add up how many days you miss, it's somewhat cumulative. So if you miss 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, 30 minutes this day, half day this day for appointments, it all adds up. So it's if you have a parent – that is lazy and doesn't get a kid to school on time, and they're late every day. That adds up pretty quick. Uh, if you have a scheduled vacation and you miss a half a week of school, all those days are counted against you. If you know your kid is just sick, like the lady was saying, counts against you. So it it's not as bad as it sounds, uh, but it does add up. Um, you know, some kids just their parents suck and can't get there. And then you also have the fact that kids are germ donkeys and are chronically sick.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry, A. A. Ron, what? They're they're what? <laughs> germ, germ donkeys, donkeys.
5: carpet s- crawlers. They are gross. <laughs> kids are disgusting. And I love my child, but yeah. <clears throat> so anyhow, I'm you guys have a good that. night. Bye bye. All
3: right, you too. Hashtag germ donkeys. That is my new. <laughs> I'm going to pepper
4: that into everything moving forward. Uh, Kurt in Lee Summit. Hello, Kurt. Hi, Kurt. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon, uh, good to to you,
6: Michael. It's, I'm very happy to hear your voice on the radio. Thanks, Kurt. We, um, my thing is this: uh, I have a godson, and he also harbors germs from time to time. He gets them from his from his classmates, and. That the fact that you are saying is very hard to believe because every one of the people that I have that have kids that are in school, they're in school a hundred percent of the time. The only time that they are out are maybe for, you know, for the after school activities, varsity drill team, blah blah blah, and everything else. And uh, I don't, I don't get that. I think their fact, their facts are a little off. But when it comes to planning vacations. I mean, the the parents, they're pulling their hair out because they have to schedule the time for themselves and then schedule for the kids. And you have to think about PTO or uh, PTAs, conferences, all these special holidays that they take off. And then I I see the the story about the school districts that are trying to rewrite their calendars. And I thought, uh, what the heck for? I mean... Leave it the way it was. And I, I get the snow days. I get the superintendents. They have to worry about how many snow days they, they have to count for every year. But it's just mind-boggling. And the numbers, that, like you had said, uh, I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't, I think it might be lower than that.
4: Okay. Kurt, do appreciate it, my friend. Thank you for the call. Uh, Joe in KCK looks like you might might get the last word. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joe. Uh, good
9: evening. Uh, I'm 60. I've raised four kids and a grandchild, and the single-parent family is destroying the kids' attendance because it's just crushing to be a single parent because of the cost. Daycare runs 1000 to $2,000 a month. And if anything goes wrong, that kid has to stay home with somebody mm-hmm. because the single parent doesn't have the time or the money to or the support that a full family has to help up with these things, such as illness or uh, sports or children problems and you can see these communities where 90 percent of the kids are born to single parent families they got rampant crime and uh all kinds of other problems those kids ain't going to school because they don't value the education and the nursing system at home to say hey you need to get in there it's like they, they got too many other things to deal with besides that now but being a single parent is very very hard and uh our society has kicked the traditional marriage and the of the husband and wife uh, to the to the curb, and uh, our kids are paying for it, man.
4: All right, Joe. Uh, Kalen in Grandview, you get the last word. Go, Kaylin.
10: Yeah, so I'm uh, 23. I went to school in uh, New York City, but uh, when I was going to high school and was a senior, I was pretty much skipping a lot. It's kind of just like a, I guess, a rite of passage unfortunately, you know, and uh, the statistics when it comes to you know, senior skip day and all of these other days that seniors tend to be out of school, I guess, would play a big part in that percentage being so high. So I honestly don't honestly don't think it's far off, the percentage being, you know, in the 30s for certain places. For, for,
4: for kids being chronically absent from school, you don't think 30% is, is off?
10: Honestly, no. Huh. Especially in high school. A lot of kids just sometimes when I was in high school, they would just walk out front door and just go to the mall or, you know, go somewhere else, go home. I feel like it's too easy for kids to kind of just walk out of school or just not show up. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, it it falls on the parents a lot of the time, but there's not a lot of consequences to it, if I'm being completely honest.
4: Caitlin, do appreciate the call. Thank you for making it very much. Uh, We fell short this year for Coats for Kids. Folks, if you can help us out, go to KMBZ.com. Click on the Coats for Kids logo. That'll take you to a safe and secured website. Where you can make your donation, but we fell way short this year. We've kept it going until the end of this week. If you can help, thank you in advance. Or just text in KMBZ codes, one word to 44321. Dana Wright returns tomorrow. Michael Mackey, always a privilege and a pleasure to have you in studio. Good Thank to you. be here. Thank you for coming by. Good to be here, young man. On behalf of our producer today, the finest man in these United States, the great Sam Stevie Third. We love you, Sam. My name is Scott. And God willing, we're back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Have a great night. Be safe. Be well. And be good. The bonus hour is next. Bye! Bye.
3: Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at
2: KMBZ.com.
7: our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?